Yo, yo, this is Justin Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for giving us a click of your time and tapping on our conversation with Ash. We're about to talk about everything from Nile Horan to her upcoming album to her new single, Save Myself. I think Ash is here. Let's do this. I'm really fascinated, Ash, about you. Like, like, what? How do you know if it's going to be a day that's worthy of getting ready? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what days are worthy of my full um, energies, am- ambition, my full fashion ambition. Because I actually I put quite a bit of effort into my outfits. So, so you- I just, I'm like, I don't want to deal with it. Well, well, do you connect productivity to the outfits that you're wearing? Like, can you be productive in like sweats and, or do you have to get into the 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 motif, the 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 aesthetic? <laughs> I don't know. I think it just depends. I think it just. I I am usually like more on my on my game on a day that I like feel the most put together. I think most people feel that way. Like if you're in your, well, maybe I don't want to speak for most people, but if you're in your sweats all day long, like usually your activities can like, they reflect that a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I, I agree. It's one of the main reasons why even during this pandemic, I've been trying to wear a collared shirt. I'm not doing it today, but it, uh, it mentally triggers something in me that I need to be up at them and, uh, you know, ready to go. But it's hard to do because every day yeah. feels the same fucking day. Yeah, I feel I feel exactly the same. Also, my lighting is being really weird. See, what is it? <laughs> That's so annoying. I don't know where to put my face. What, do you do Zoom sessions? No, mostly no. Well, well, Niall Horn, yes. Yeah, that yeah, that was like, well, that was like a FaceTime. But we were just I basically just watched him write the second verse. Is that I, hard? for you to do watch someone write to your song <laughs> yeah and by the way it's already done and it's already kind of a hit so he's essentially messing around with things that are really if it ain't fixed don't bro- uh, if it ain't broken don't fix it i think i think that's the saying well yeah i mean we were definitely i was probably the most nervous because i was like a it's niall horan and he's super famous and sick but b what if he's just because he's super famous and talented doesn't mean he's gonna sound good on my song, you know? So I was like really nervous. Cause I was like, how do you tell Niall Horan that he doesn't sound good on your, how do you like, what? <laughs> you know? You just sort of like, you don't. So I was really nervous. I mean, I would have, I would have been honest with him if I was like, this just doesn't feel like right, the right fit. I hope we can work together later, you know, the whole spiel. Um, but, he happened to just sound gorgeous on the record. So it made my life easier. And he's writing in front of you. Are you contributing? Are you letting him do his thing? Like what comes from him naturally? So it sounds the most natural. How did that work? What did happen? I think I just, I, it was like 5 a.m. in the morning. He was, yeah, he because he's in, he's been in London this whole time, and I'm obvious I'm in West Hollywood. We're both in West Hollywood. 
Dan is. Now I'm in New Jersey. I escaped like a month ago. You you abandoned us. I know. I was like, gotta go. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a good. It's not really a great vibe here. If it makes you feel any better, it's not really a great vibe anywhere. Yeah. Well, just people. The energy is just sort of like weirdly toxic. I don't know. Not weirdly makes kind of sense. But (laughs) there's literally it's literally toxic air that we could be breathing in. So yeah, Um, you know, right? It's there. It's out there. Oh my god. (laughs) Does that like? Do you not take on sessions because of that? Because it is this weight that is external that really can, dude, it could sway a day. It can Uh, sway anything. I'm pretty, um, I take pretty special care of my my brain and my space and my energy. And if I'm really feeling off, then I'm I'm definitely not gonna waste my time or anyone else's time going to a session, you know, where, you know, I already know we're not gonna get anything any quality out of it so i I, if that's the case like you you almost know right when you wake up you can kind of sense it you're like "Ooh, i'm gonna really sink into my misery today i'm just gonna i'm just gonna own it and sometimes you need a day like that typically i get up and i i journal and i just sort of like set my mind right i sage sage the place (laughs) and um yeah i mean i just i i don't I don't want to waste my time being upset all of the time. And it, there's something to be upset about every day. So I'm just like, you can kind of either choose it or you can ch- not choose it sometimes. So that was a lot of rambling. No, but... <laughs> that was the proper answer. And by the way, rambling's okay in these parts. And it's not really rambling. You're just speaking uh, what's coming from your mind and from your gut and from your heart. Um, cool mug. Yeah, that's what's true for me. Um, Thank you. You're giving me very Scooby-Doo Daphne vibes. Maybe it's the orange uh, scarf around your neck, but I'm so here for it. No. (laughs) I'm a cartoon character? Well, well, the outfit is giving off that energy, but the truth is, I mean, (laughs) it's so bad to have a cartoon version of oneself. Um, I don't think so. Maybe it is. No, Daphne's cool, but she's kind of like, she's kind of. Maybe I'm thinking the wrong one. No, you're thinking of, I know it's Daphne. (laughs) (laughs) You're thinking of the right one. She's kind of lame, but I, (laughs) I'm not going to take that on. No, no. (laughs) You, you choose, right? Like you choose a lot of things. Do you only take on the aesthetics of this and not the personality traits? Yeah, yeah. I, I see the internet really wants you to do that Gucci campaign, and you're dressed very Gucci right now. Those were two very different. <laughs> I'm pointing at both of you with my two fingers. You can't tell, but <laughs> Daphne from Scooby Doo, Gucci model. <laughs> hey, I choose you. I'm looking at you, Dan. <laughs> oh. No, that's not that. I both I identify. I could identify with both those. I've definitely been trying to manifest some some Gucci love in my life, but um, yeah, but I'm like still pretty poor, so I can't really afford it yet. <laughs> Is that the truth at this point with all these millions of streams under your belt and a, a record that's doing its thing on the radio? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and not to like, you know, feel, feel sorry for me at all. Like I work really hard and I'm paying my rent off what I do, but it's definitely the, the money has not shown up yet. So currently in my life, I live in a 500 square feet bungalow. Um, this, what you're seeing is about the entire place. <laughs> you know? It's that so. authentic lifestyle that fuels the art properly that, uh, you know, brings fans. But also at this point, you're missing whole side of your business, right? Which is touring. Uh, you, you were supposed to be on the road with AJR and Quinn right now. Right? Um, yeah, that would have been so fun. I've also toured with Quinn 92 before and he's like one of my best friends. So that would have been a really good, a really, really good time. Um, but yeah, you know what? It all works for a reason. You know, I would have been first of four on that tour. Like as much fun as it would have been, first of four is a tough slot <laughs> to, yeah. play, to play, you know? So, I mean, I, I strongly believe that the universe has sort of had my back. In, in but it. also, I, I think, he, that, you know, no offense to Hobo Johnson, but, uh, you know, he hasn't had a hit like you. And he might have had to shift. I don't know. Uh, and also, Sleep While I Drive is an amazing record. Would have loved to have seen that live. Oh, I know. <laughs> it would have been so much fun. Yeah, there. you know, it would have been great if it would have happened. And it's it's okay that it didn't also, you know. Everything happens for a reason. Essentially, that's what you're convincing yourself of in Save Myself. Even though you real, I mean, right or not? <laughs> I don't know. I think moral of the story is very like, everything happens for a reason. You know, even though it sucked, I'm better for it. It's a very like, it's much more of a mature sort of stance to take, I think, but Save myself, I would, <laughs> I don't know, I would say it's much more like, can I curse? We don't curse. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's really, I gotta really think about my words. Um, save myself is much more like that guy. <laughs> like, that sucked and I wouldn't do it again. Even though I'm better for it and I arguably have a hit song because of it, I still wouldn't have done it. And that's what I'm trying to wrap my mind around because great things have come from this terrible relationship. But you say I could have saved myself time and lots of money, could have saved myself, uh, ooh, and then you go, I should have blamed myself. I kind of saw it coming. Could have saved myself red flags, tended to ignore them. I mean, I could have saved myself, uh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's how I read that. How, you, you can do it better, probably. Definitely, mostly, definitely. <laughs> That was so good. I could have saved myself from Ao. Ao? <laughs> I don't know what Ao is, but I could have saved myself from it. Well, <laughs> Dan's laughing at me. <laughs> I don't know if Dan thinks I'm making a fool of myself right now, which I definitely am. But this song to me seemed like a plain and simple continuation of moral of the story and it could be about the same person but obviously my ears are different than y your life so <laughs> that's an awesome sentence my ears are different than your life is it the same guy it's the same yeah it's definitely the <laughs> it's definitely the same guy it could have been it could have been about somebody else but i mean that's the coolest part about music like my, I'm, I'm definitely, I might have said this to you before, I don't know, 
but I'm definitely more of an experiential writer. I'm just a better writer when I'm writing about things you know I know about, um, which is my own life. So most of my songs are, I mean, all of them are very experiential. Um, but the, the most magical part is that once you put a record out, all these people suddenly adopt your song into their lives and, and they're like, no, that, that song meant for me, you know, moving out of my parents' house, that was a really toxic relationship and going to school and getting away and finding a new perspective on life. You know, it, it's just, yeah. it's really magical. I think that's why artists shouldn't worry too much about making their music really um like palpable and relatable palpable i don't know if that's the right word palpable palatable palatable probably palatable palpable is not a word no palpable <laughs> is a word but it means something different okay that's palpable not means like like everybody can taste it it's for everybody everybody has a taste for it palatable is the one i want right i think so I'm trying to say, Zach. <laughs> You're talking um, about making essentially basic music that everybody can understand, but because moral of the story is a little bit more complex of a story that you're telling in a song in a pop format, but people connect to it. I mean, we got a, we get requests all the time for it. And last night we got a request from a girl whose parents are going through a divorce. And it was a song that she just needed to hear to just be reminded that like, all of this does happen for a reason. And it's all gonna be okay at the end of the dark space. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's so sad and sweet. Whoa. That's music though. And it provided information and escape for her. It was cool. I think that's so cool. I also think it's cool that people still call in to request songs. (laughs) I feel like it's never been a part of my experience with music, like growing up or I don't, and we live in such a digital streaming space now too that like I've never experienced that. Like, oh, I want to hear this song. I'm gonna call, and I love that there's uh, so many human beings that are so passionate about music that they're like, and like asking for mute. I think that's cool. Sorry, no, and it is cool, and it we are lucky enough to experience it every day. But I think. For people who live on the coast in maybe more metropolitan areas, it's hard for these kids to have you know, data to stream music and Spotify subscriptions and all this kind of stuff. I mean, every family is different and and every everything that a family faces is different. But like that's a, like that's disposable income. If you have the ability to like have super data and mu- Apple Music and Spotify, like you know what I mean? Like that's not for the family in Kansas or Michigan. Wow. That is so that is so introspective and I feel like a really important learning moment for me right now. I think that's it like shines a light on really our privilege in that, you know, I grew up in a place where, you know, I mean data really wasn't a thing when I was in high school, but definitely connected. I, as it became a thing. I had the disposable income to, you know, have it. Well, thanks, Zach. That's really, I love, I love that. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and by the way, like, that's one of the main reasons why I love radio so deeply um, is because it touches everybody, no matter who you are, and it speaks to people. Zach Sang Show. Hey, beautiful human. I got to hit pause real quick to give you a message paid for by NHTSA. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. 
you could get in a crash. People could get hurt or even killed. But let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people die in the United States every single day in an alcohol-impaired vehicle crash. That is one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim 10,000 lives a year. Drunk driving can also have a big impact on your wallet too. You can get arrested and incur huge legal expenses. You can possibly even lose your job. So what can you do to prevent drunk driving? The answer is shockingly simple. Plan a safe ride home. Please, before you start drinking, designate a sober driver or call a taxi. It really is that easy. Come on, if somebody you know has been drinking, take their keys and arrange for a sober ride home. It doesn't take a lot, it doesn't cost a lot, but those simple steps can save lives, save your life, and save your wallet. We all know the consequences of driving drunk, but one thing is for sure, you are wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. Zach Sancho. No, I just wanted to know if it was important to follow up the success of Moral of the Story with a song that kind of related to, the, to that story. Well, I don't know. It was the right thing because it's what happened. But um, I don't know. There very well could have been a different record that was very, you know, moved on um, and separated from moral um but yeah i think i think i'm just not i wasn't quite finished chatting about how hard that was for me you know um and so yeah i think sorry i cut you off zach you no no you keep going this is you but i'm very i want to just know timeline of when it all happened like the order moral of the story was created first how far after did save myself come we wrote Save Myself uh, March of this year. So well over a year later. Wow. Um, well over a year later, actually, yeah. Um, but Save Myself, I mean, I still, I mean, my divorce was finalized at the beginning of 2020, like this past year. So like it took, I mean, I had left, I had been separated from my ex for a really long time, but um, that process takes forever. Yeah. Um, which, hey kids, take marriage seriously. <laughs> hey kids, PSA, really take your time <laughs> with that. Um, but that decision that can be made in a second really takes forever to untangle. And just a just a skirt, you know, just like a huh, takes point no seconds. Literally. And then you are bound to another human. Your finances are bound to another human. I was in a place where I could have like, you know, would, would be paying alimony for another human. Like, wh- what? I'm in my 20s. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You're him to exist. How amazing. Oh, I'm like, also, I'm not going to talk, but <laughs> see my face? No. <laughs> No, do you write Save Myself after you're essentially settling with uh, the, the remnants of this divorce and what mm. you have to deal with afterwards? Yeah, I don't think Save Myself could have come prior to like that being finalized because, you know, there's could have saved myself time and lots of money. I mean, that situation alone, I mean, it cost me. A, a fortune it, it's 
much yeah. money. Um, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. And I mean, uh, yeah, I just there. I I do feel like writing the song was uh, helpful in me like processing it. Sometimes you like anger demands to be felt. So sometimes when you just feel it and let it out, it's like, okay, I've dissipated and dissolves instead of like, it feels counterintuitive because you're like, well, if I just shove it way down, then it'll go away. But it really, it's qu quite the opposite. It festers. Um, it festers. And there's other, like inevitably, imagine if I hadn't processed all of that and all of that anger and then 2020 hit and then i still was processing this horribly awful thing in my life that you know happened directly to me plus everything, everything about 2020. i mean i would i would have been drowning i think honestly like the music in many different ways has been that life preserver no no oh, yeah yeah it always is for me, for sure. And right now, I mean, it keeps you busy beyond belief. You could be nominated for a Grammy. There's rumor. Best new artist. Who? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh my God. You're the first person to say that out loud. That's like not on my team. <laughs> Let's manifest this one together. Oh my gosh, Zach. I will pee my pants. I don't want to brag, but I think we've manifested a, a Grammy nom or win or two, one or two. So let's let's see it. Do, do you believe? Do you believe that you deserve it right now? <laughs> that is just the most loaded question. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, okay. Hmm. Let me pause. Cut out my pause and like cut it in with in post production. Act like I knew the answer right away. Uh, um, I'm a pretty confident human being, but being like I deserve this feels a little. I don't know how much that resonates with me. If it happened, if I got the nomination. For, for for best new artist, I would, I would not go. I don't deserve this. Like I wouldn't. My response wouldn't be like cower away and I don't deserve this and this freaks me out. Like give this to somebody else. But it also wouldn't be like yeah, f yeah, right. That's right. Like I don't. I don't know. I live somewhere in a in a different. I don't know. I've never processed this with anyone, Zach. This is weird. Well, it maybe the better way for me to phrase the question is, is your art worthy? And from a subjective point of view, as somebody who's definitely sat back and watched the Grammys time and time again. Wow. Wow. That's a really good question. Um, yeah, I think my music deserves a seat at the table, has earned a seat at the table. If you were to dress that table with anybody else, who else is sitting there? At my table? Yeah, on the, at the new artist table. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, okay. Shoot, this is... You know, by the way, it could be too intense. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know, who knows the manifestation powers, how strong they are right now. I don't know. Well, this, yeah, I, I think that it's hard for me 
to really say. I think that Summer Walker, I think she's phenomenal. Um, Doja Cat, mm. I think she could really earn it. Um, my friend Bob Smoke. Sachs. What? Who'd you say? I said JP Sachs. I said maybe Pop Smoke. Oh, yeah. Mm, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's a long, isn't it like eight nominations? It's like a big, big category, right? It's a thick category, yeah. It's a thick category. Yeah, I don't, I really, I couldn't say. I don't know. I also don't think I have my finger on the pulse. Like, <laughs> no. No, I mean, I really keep my head down for the most part, um, but we'll see. I don't it's, know. It's just very exciting. And and honestly, as somebody who's listened to your work extensively, I think it's – by the way, on the new stuff that you're doing, it's a whole new vocal zone for you in my opinion. I really, 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 really enjoyed Rabbit Hole. I really love We Get High. Such a great record. I mean, just totally different than everything else you put out recently, but also at the same time, still you. So it's cool. It, it, you know, it's very diverse. It's very different. And y you tell fruitful stories on pop radio and alternative, which is, it's just very rare. It's cool stuff. Thanks, Zach. You deserve it. Hopefully you get nominated. Oh, that would be cool. We'll see. A nomination alone, what, I mean, just a nod from your peers, you know, that's pretty, pretty. Wow. But um, yeah, thank you for saying that. It's cool that you went down the rabbit hole. I, I, literally. Back in time. By the way, I, I, I think you'll get it. Yes, Daniel? Has life felt different since the Nile remix came out? Or is it just like the same life just with a pop, real popular song? Dan. Ash. Wow. I mean, night and day. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like Nile has single-handedly reached down <laughs> and just grabbed my hand and be like, what do you, do, the water is fine over here. <laughs> like, uh, and and it, he's not actually, you know, strategically been like, I'm gonna, you know, promote you or something like that. But yeah, just naturally, it's really changed the game. Like the, I don't think I understood how much like the One Direction fandom and then, you know, specifically Nile Horn fans were going to adopt me because he's worked, I mean, and not to say that they haven't done that with everyone he's worked with before or any of the guys who they've like worked with, but um, they're, they're They've really, I mean, like, I would, uh, I clearly don't have the right, I've not really processed this fully either, but, um, yeah, I, they've just really hit his fans and, and all of them have sort of really adopted me and, um, that's weird. Like, so, somebody was like, she's like the sixth member of One Direction and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's great why would you say but also cool like i'll take it <laughs> um yeah did that i think question? yeah it did i think daniel but you're feeding them with art that they understand and that they connect to 
You just introduce them to somebody great. Well, it's interesting because I wouldn't say that our music is completely, I mean, Niles got, you know, some, you know, more vintage inspired records. I mean, and then Harry for sure. Um, but I mean, our my music is quite different. And so I think, I don't know, maybe we just like vibe with each other's personalities or something. Something's clicked and I love it. You guys tell real stories. I believe Heartbreak Weather is the most underrated album of the year. Uh, truthfully, it, it didn't get n- n- none of the attention and love that it deserved at all. Slept on. And I feel a little bit, I always feel nervous about saying that because then you sort of acknowledge that it was, it deserved more and it didn't get enough. But I like, you at this point. I completely agree. Um, and that's why, like, de- like Dear Patience, for instance. I, I, in my opinion, a forever record. It like it is. It's so good. It's so good. Timeless. Yeah. Timeless. Yeah. I just think he deserves the whole world, um, and should should just be. I mean, he is arguably one of the most famous people in the world already. But <laughs> I just think he deserves all the things. I I love him. Yes, can I make a prediction right here? Ooh. I predict that when they reunite and get back together you will go on tour with them. Wow. <laughs> when? By the way, it, it, I don't know thick. that answer. <laughs> What'd you say, Zach? I said real thick. That's a, that's a big prediction because there's two layers here. One, we have to rely on everything, all of them getting back together, which could possibly never happen. And I then- I say that. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna put negative energy out into the universe. It well, they aren't, before. they're just, they're so, um, invested in their solo careers. I mean, like it would be a, it would definitely be a big hit, but I think they're all like, we've grown, we've grown up and we're in this new phase of our lives and want to invest in their, in themselves solo. So I would be pretty surprised, but also life has only proven to us (laughs) full of surprises. So I don't Amen. Do you hear the difference between Rabbit Hole and everything you're doing now? And how do you describe those differences? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, I mean, the Rabbit Hole was written while I was still in my really awful relationship. Um, Really, when things were getting to be the worst, that's when I was writing that record. And then I, I released it like right after I left that marriage initially. <clears throat> so like none of you'll notice none of the records are about relationships. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all like, I didn't touch, I didn't touch X relationships in that because that would have been a problem um, to like, well, I mean, that's a whole thing, but it would, it would have been a problem to be singing about other guys when I was with my ex. And then I couldn't be really honest about what was going on in my life. So I just, I was writing about a lot of, I was writing about basically anything else possible. Which was more challenging to write. Um, I mean, I was always writing experiential, like, 
you know, things that I knew about, like the rabbit hole is still a very honest record, but it was just not, it just wasn't honest about certain things. It was just like, that's a weird way to put it. It was honest about what it talked about. It just didn't go near some other topics because I wasn't, I couldn't have been honest about the topic. So I just didn't. Um, and it's probably a way more psychedelic record. Yes, and the production's very different. Yeah, way different. Um, yeah, and I and I really love those records. Like um, Afterlife is one of my favorite records from there. Um, and yeah, it's way more psychedelic. But I think I was like, <laughs> it's like people are like, the Beatles wrote pop albums first, and then they got weird. And I was like. I just want to skip to weird. (laughs) So I kind of did what I wanted, but. Do you see paths like the ones that the Beatles walked and other artists and try to emulate that in your own way or learn Mm -hmm. from it? Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of lessons. Yeah. To learn um, from their stories. Um, The Eagles, Carol King, um, I probably pay the most attention to like Carol and Stevie Nicks Um, because there's definitely ways that they, you know, sort of maintained their sense of integrity in their careers that I've really paid attention to. But also I've, you know, I'm living in a way different music industry than they came up in. So I can't, not everything rolls over, you know, some of the some of the foundation things of like who they are and some of those things roll over, I think, but um, definitely navigating a very tricky new world. Um, That's changing. Like tomorrow, the music industry could be drastically different from today. And it's just like, it's whiplash. Do you feel like your integrity is tested? I, I wanna say, I've done, I feel like I've done so much groundwork that people don't test me. I feel like they almost like don't go there with me. You know, I I don't know if that's the perfect way to say that, but I, I think that I've shown people the type of artist that I am and that I want to be that usually people won't mess with me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes sense. How would you describe the artist you are today? Awesome. Am I breaking up? You were a little bit, but you're back now. By the way, you look, this lighting where you're at right now is beautiful. And the colors, very nice on that. Like, stay right. It's, it's nice. But um, can you describe the artist you are today and the artist that you want to be? Are they mm. two different things? I think the artist that I want to be is an extension of the artist I am already. Um, I think it's a hard thing to define because I, you know, I'm growing and I give my space, myself space to grow and change every day, sort of wake up and go, who am I? Who am I today? You know? Um, And I think that gives me the ability to stay open-minded and be willing to grow and change and, um, so I don't know that there's a, a cemented answer of the artist that I am, but um, ah, that's a really, 
I don't know. That's tough. I feel like I know who I am, but putting that in words, like intangible physical words is sort of a weird thing, you know? What do you think what do you think people learn from you if they listen to your most recent two bodies of work and save myself? Well, I would hope that they would learn sort of a sense of self-acceptance. Um, we're so good at beating ourselves up. I mean, I'm so good at it and I'm human, so I'm assuming other people are really good at it. I don't know if you, you're wonderful, Zach. Maybe you don't deal with that. Uh, dude, I'm a punching bag. I don't get much exercise, but I do punch myself. <laughs> <laughs> totally, that's not funny, but the way you said it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I, that's how I feel. I feel like we're so good at beating ourselves up and constantly judging ourselves and everything we do, and I just, mm, it's so not good for us. And it's not good for anyone else. When you're beating yourself up, it's so self, it's very self-absorbed and selfish. Like when you're, you know, breaking yourself down and beating yourself down, you're thinking about yourself and only yourself. You're not yep. concerned with how other people are doing or loving or being empathetic to other people. You're just consumed with your own. How it affects those around you because it oozes out of you sometimes. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's that toxic energy and somebody else picks it up and they're like, yeah, I'm going to beat myself up as well. Um, so I guess I, that would be a, a start. I would really hope that, I don't know how much you can get out, I don't know how much of that you can get out of a single piece of music, but I would love for that to be the case. Yeah, self-acceptance would be a, a big thing. Um, and acceptance of your past, you know. And an ownership of it. I feel like your your music does embody that. It's even though you'd go back and do it again, you're also at the same time not ashamed of it. And you're on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just uh, what's a good word for it? Like grace, a sense of self grace. Um, I think we have grace on a lot of other people and like their stories. And when other people are vulnerable with us. We're like, oh yeah, that's great. But we don't like to be vulnerable with ourselves or give ourselves that sense mm. of grace. So yeah, I mean, I'm learning. I'm learning how to do that with myself every day, so. And it's constant growth, right? It's not, this is not something you learn in an hour or a day or even a week or a year. Yeah, it's such a daily, it's such a, daily working after it or taking action around it like it doesn't come it, it doesn't come na naturally it's not the right word it's not going to come without you working for it essentially you know like self-acceptance and self-love and grace and all of that doesn't I don't think it usually comes pretty naturally I think it has to be sort of worked after Amen. Dan, do you have self-grace? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Confident. Yeah, I've got it all figured out. <laughs> I definitely don't have it all figured out, but you know, as you get older, you learn just to accept who you are and like who you are. Yeah, and all the parts, you know? Like all, yeah. your, different, all your different faces, and yeah, that's great. I'm glad you've... 
I'm glad you're there, Dan. How do you feel, Zach? Do you have self-grace and acceptance? No, 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 no. I have no self-grace. I have no self-acceptance. I am, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, it's cool to be me. And then other days, it changes by the hour sometimes. You know, Mm -hmm. it's cool to be me. And then the next hour, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, I look disgusting. Um, So, uh, you know, I'm figuring it out. Slow and steady is going to win this race. I'll I'll call you when I'm 92. Slow and steady. Hey, well, you're still in it, so you've clearly not given up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still here. I'm still kicking, still moving. Consistency is the one thing that I learned very early on is key. Even if you suck at something sometimes, if you keep doing it, you will eventually either catch on mm. uh, and, and maybe figure it out, you know, because, well, if you're meant to do it and you do it consistently, you'll figure it out. Does that make sense? Hundred percent. And and maybe by year three or four, if you're still doing the same thing every day and you haven't caught on, maybe that's not what you're meant to do. But then sometimes that, maybe it is. Oh, I think yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Because I feel like even with, you know, aspiring musicians or artists, um, imagine if I had I mean, I've been doing this for a while. People are just discovering who I am and my music in the last maybe eight months a, a bunch of new people are discovering who i am but i've been every day by the way every day it is crazy so crazy um so uh, you know but so people you know just met me are like maybe we don't know her story maybe this happened overnight and um this has been long i've been working i've been doing it for a long time you know and I think that's always the the, be, the biggest and best advice I give to artists like who are, you know, aspiring and driving to, to put out their own music and release it is do just don't quit. Yeah. Like if you keep going, someone who you might think is more talented and prettier than you is probably going to quit first. Like just don't quit. Like it, that's the best advice I can give someone who's really passionate about what they love. Consistency is key and understanding that small wins are fuel to keep going. And if you're only going to see massive wins as the reason to keep moving, you're just doing it wrong and you're gonna run out of steam. Like you gotta be realistic about the little hurdles you overcome and yeah. use that to keep moving. Like, yeah, and defining success in your own terms, you know, like instead of letting the world and other people tell you what they think their definition of success is and if you're famous or if you're, you know, doing a good job or not, letting other, it's so dangerous to let other people define your life in terms of success for you. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a tough thing, I think, for all of us because there's all these games the world plays to, like, keep making you believe that it's right. Yeah. But, um, dude, skirt, I just went off. <laughs> Has your de- definition of success changed between the start of your journey in music to today? Yeah, I think it's changed. I think it's gotten a little bit more healthy as I've gotten older and have been in the music industry for longer you'd think almost that like you know when moral of the story took off you'd think that it would have changed for the worst like 
now I'm successful because I'm getting this amount of streams and this amount of fans and et cetera. But I think that being in it for so long, getting told no for a really long time was really good for me and my sense of success. You know, being told that I wasn't good enough, being told that I'm not a priority um, or that my music is just too different. You know, you get told that stuff enough. And it like, if you don't quit after hearing that, usually it'll help your idea of success in your own life. Um, yeah, because it, 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 it molds to you, right? Like a simple yes from somebody or a simple person enjoying your song, that, that's a win. That's success in its own right. Yeah, totally. Well, like my first headline tour um, last fall, you know, if I, if I defined success um, by numbers, I would have called that tour not a success. But that tour was my first headline tour. I had been on six support tours before that. And I sold out so many 250 and 500 cap rooms, over 30 shows. Mm. I mean, for me, I left that tour going, man, if this is as good as it gets. You're good. I'm good. And obviously I got, my life is, I will, I don't know when I'm ever gonna play shows like that again, you know? Um, so I'm rambling. I don't know what my point was, but. <laughs> I think the point is really success is relative, right? Like you're not judging it by the numbers. You're judging it one, by the fact that you get to do what you love in front of people, but two, the fact that you even have the opportunity to go on a headlining tour where people pay any sort of money to see you. It is wild. That's so silly. It's, a, it's awesome. It's so, yeah, that was like, that was incredibly emotional. I remember the last show of that tour, just bawling my eyes out as soon as I got off stage, going like, I, I didn't quit. I'm still in it. I'm po post a lot of no's, post a really big blow up of a marriage and I'm still in it and I'm making music I love and people are screaming my lyrics back at me even if it's only a 250 or 500 cap room like um, when I, I sold out the Troubadour which is like my favorite venue in LA I, and I think I did cry on stage I don't know I've cried on stage at the Troubadour several times because I've opened there. I probably played at the Troubadour five times before I actually headlined there. Wow. Um, but yeah, I think just being really, I think the most successful place you can be is being so unapologetically grateful for what you have um, and wanting what you have. Man, if you're doing that, like you are more successful than Bill Gates or what, maybe Bill Gates ha is super grateful. I don't want to speak for him, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, what you're saying is 100% the truth. I just realized, and we talked to you a few months ago, you obviously knew about this, this remix with Niall was happening, but you couldn't tell us. You no. were talking about Niall and how you were working with him and how you guys are writing, but you obviously never mentioned it. And like a week later it came out. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't out or? No. <laughs> no. Really? I felt like wow. such an idiot. Because then it happened, I was like, oh, this is what it was. I know, because th it was our interview, right? That a bunch of fans were 
taking the clip from that yeah. was like something big's gonna happen. I don't yeah. know what the hell I was talking about. Well, I think you were talking about the collaboration between you and Niall. I know, but why would I have said in the music industry? Because that's like not, <laughs> like, that's like telling, <laughs> hey, my song, my, Niall Horan's gonna be the biggest shit in the music industry. <laughs> that's not how I felt or feel. So I don't know why I said it in those well, terms. But. We, we can roll the clip right here. Okay, so keep your eyes out because something's coming very soon that I can't say anything about. But um, when it does, everything's going to get pushed back. So <laughs> just inevitably, anything in the music industry, whatever you plan, push it back freaking however many months. So um, I don't know. I, I would love to put out the album before the end of the year, but it, it could very well get – I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> Well, I, and here's my prediction. I think you're going to ride Moral of the Story as high as it can go. Then you're going to come up with a follow-up, maybe a collaboration with somebody. And then by the time that peaks, you'll have an album to come after. Um, it's a little bit of... I definitely, I definitely have some ammunition. I am not concerned about what's coming next. Giddy up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> was it hard to keep it a secret though when you're talking to people like us talking about how you're writing with them knowing it's coming but you can't say anything was that hard yeah <laughs> that's, that's a one word answer <laughs> yeah I mean it was so I wanted to tell everybody I was so excited it's just and I'm still so excited I think it's really cool that I have a song with Niall Horn like, have I you guys met in person yet what'd you say have you guys met in person yet? No. No, it's all been virtual, which is funny because I would say we're like fairly good friends, you know? but it's such a virtual, yeah, relationship. But I mean, yeah, I don't care if it's not cool to be like excited. You know how people like try to be like, yeah, it's like whatever. Like, no, no horns on my song, like sick. Yeah, like I, uh, yeah, yeah, like I, I don't know. I just don't, and maybe that would be cooler if I responded that way, but I'm so obnoxiously still like a little kid that's just like, wow, song without a horn, cool. Like, I'm such a nerd. Good, because the song is phenomenal and I'm really excited for the Steer Patience cover. Like really, really looking forward to it. No pressure or anything. Um, I'll do it, I'll do it. Do you have songs ready to go? Do you want to hold until 2021? Like, what 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 is your release mind look like? Now, what secrets am I holding during this interview? Like probably, I was last time. Probably a lot. I don't have that many secrets. Really. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I'm so I'm finishing up my my first album, and yeah, I mean, it's coming along. It's freaking. I'm really. I really like this album really really I really love it and I'm really proud of it um I just I'm not ready to be done writing yet like I'm enjoying the process mm. so much that um yeah I'm just not I don't feel like I'm ready to be done with it yet I don't know what the release schedule's like or what it looks like next year I think I'm just gonna see what shows up like right now we're still so in moral of the story slash save myself land you know that yeah i don't know what's gonna happen what are you enjoying about the process is it 
the stress of not having to promote an album? Is it the release that writing gives you? <laughs> I like promoting an album. I don't mind most of the promotion stuff, I will say. Because like, like if this is part of it, like me chatting, having coffee, talking with you, like yeah. how lucky am I? This is lovely, you know? Mutual. Yeah, that's nice. Um, some of it can be grueling, but for the most part, it's like, it's your job. This is my job. Just like suck it up. People who complain about promo, just shut, shut up. Just, I could stop complaining about your hard no. Mm, get so passionate. Um, talking about yourself. I did not answer your question. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> what did you ask again? Uh, why? Why are you enjoying the writing process so much? Mm. Is it because you have so much to say? I have so much to say. <laughs> I don't know. I definitely feel like there's a lot. Yeah, I'm. Well, we're tapping it. The sound. The sound. We're tapping into some cool. Just like no one. No one else could sing these songs, but me. You know, and I love that. And sometimes I hear records that people put out that I like a lot, but I'm like, okay, I know several different artists that could sing this song, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Like, I don't have a judgment about that. I just want to make music that only I can sing, you know, or that, you know, I can bring someone else to sing on the record with me, potentially like the Nile Horn situation. Um, but moral of the story is a and unapologetically Ash record, you know, and I love that. I love that no one else could release it as their own song. So we're doing a lot, everything that I'm making on the album is just like, so me. I feel like you want to ask something and I'm just still- No, (laughs) Um, no, I'm listening. Has there been a moment where you've written a song and at the end of it, you're like, somebody else can sing this. It's not for the album. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's almost, and it makes life so easy because when that's your, when that's sort of your bar or your expectation, it's like, yeah, I like this song. It's a cool record. Who knows? It could even be a hit, but I'm not going to, it's not going on the album if someone else could sing it. How do you know? I think it's just like a, uh, it's a feeling. It's like a, there's like a lightness to it. I don't know. That's a... It's such a non-tangible thing. It's really just a feeling. Do you uh, know only after the song's done or while you're doing it? Sometimes in the middle of it, I could be like, hmm, yeah, this feels like a pitch record, you know? You can be like, Someone else could do this. But most of the time it's afterwards and then you go, oh, that's a cool song. But yeah, this is, it's not, it's not me. I don't know. That's an interesting question. Well, I find that whole thing fascinating and I'm excited for this album. I, and it's weird to think that it's gonna be your first album. It's my first official album. Yeah. Cause Moral of the Story and the Rabbit Hole EP. were technically EPs. Got it. Yeah, which everyone can define. If you wanna define those as albums, then fine. And this is my third album. But the way we set it up is that this is sort of my debut. Um, album and it's a full length so well well when it's ready we're here to eat please feed us 
And if you haven't heard Ash, we're going to put links to her music in the description below. And another underrated record of yours, and then we'll wrap this up, is Love Me for the Weekend with Max and Party Pupils. Mm. Uh, really uh, very underrated. Very, very underrated. Oh, thank you. I like it. I think Party Peoples is underrated as a whole, to be honest, and as a duo. They're good. So too. Yeah, Ryan and Max, they're so good. They're so talented. Yeah, that's a fun record. I, I would say it feels like a Party Peoples record. Totally. You know? It's their record, and I'm singing on it. So I think that's always, like, it's not always the one I would first go to because it feels like it's their, it's their baby. Um but yeah, I love that song. It's super fun. Do you think the same when you think about Sleep While I Drive? That's Quinn's child? Totally, yeah. Um, I mean, there's still a sense of like ownership in those things, but I didn't write on Sleep While I Drive. Um, I did write on the Party People's record, but um, Sleep While I Drive, the bridge was already written and then I just sort of like hopped on. Um, so. Yeah, maybe that one more so. It's like n definitely like that's his record. Yeah. But I but I know talking with Niall, he wrote on the second verse of obviously Moral of the Story, and he's like, "This is Ash. This is Ash's baby." He calls me Ashlyn. He knows my real name, so he's like, "This is Ashlyn's baby." <laughs> it's funny oh, th that he's like a stepdad now too, which is pretty wild. Yeah, like there's a sense of ownership that he has over it, of course. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm the one who went through the divorce. Yeah, it comes, it comes home to you. Yeah. <laughs> After it, you pay for it. You clean, you know, you take care of it. Yeah. You yeah. Totally. And you're usually the one who's working. Yeah, you're putting in all the, the promo. As we, <laughs> as we should. <laughs> yeah. It's your responsibility when it's your baby, I would say. Totally. Please, listen to Ash's music. Link in the description below. Daniel, final thoughts. Do you have any? We covered it all. Dude, we covered a lot. Uh, waiting for that Nile Horn Patience cover. No pressure. Okay, great. I'll get right on that right now. Be patience. <laughs> it's so good. I changed the key to fit my voice, but I'll show, I'll show it to you. Do you like doing covers? Do you like embodying somebody else's lyrics? I do, but I usually change it up a, a quite a bit. I feel like if you're an artist and you just like cover a song exactly the same, it's like, yeah. why do that? Exactly. Why do that? They already do it. They already do it. You know? <laughs> There's a better version, like their version. So change, change it. Yeah. I have a My internet connection is unstable. Yeah, it was it was so funny how it came through as you were saying that. It was like very slow, but also very Valley Girl-esque. It was <laughs> really something. No, okay, well, this is a good time to say goodbye. <laughs> Ash, send you love. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, love back to you. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.